Hey, you're listening to Orla's Happy Hormones podcast, talking all things female health and wellness. I'm Orla O'Flaherty, a certified naturopath and herbalist, and I'm here to talk about everything from periods, PCOS, endometriosis, health, sex, wellness, and life in general. Here's to happy hormones and a happy you. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Orla's Happy Hormones podcast. I think we're up to episode 13. So I'm doing well so far. We're still here, if you're still listening. I hope you're still listening, because I'm enjoying doing these. So last week I covered the topic of sex and energy and libido and everything like that. And I got a lot of feedback from people and... I was really glad to hear from everyone that reached out about how they have gone through different scenarios themselves or how they feel certain ways around sex and their bodies and different issues. So I'm really glad that you got something from it. This week I decided to do the Q&A podcast and I put my poll up on the Instagram stories for if you wanted a Q&A style or if you just wanted period talk and it ended up being a near split yeah it was I think 56 to 44 percent something along those lines so I think I'm getting kind of best of both worlds with this one this week because a lot of the questions that come in were based around periods. So if I'm not answering your question directly, it's because the answer will be in a couple of the questions that were sent in. And I also got a question which at first I kind of laughed, but then I was like, no, this is, I need to sit down and think about this one. And yeah, we'll, we'll get to that later on in the episode. But for now, we'll get started. And the first question that came in is, my periods have shortened each cycle from 35, 32, 30 to 27 days. Should I be concerned? So as with any hormonal questions, there is not always a simple answer. And this is because we're all individuals. We all have our own unique cycles and our own physiological mechanisms and we also all have our own external sources and external conditions stresses things like that so everybody's period is unique to them but to answer this in short I would say no you shouldn't be concerned you know this could just be a normal cycle that's happening for you right now but to answer it a bit longer and to give a bit more detail there are a few questions needing answers so the likes of how old are you have your cycles always been 35 days and have they just suddenly changed and also have there been any say sudden changes or big life-changing events that's happened in your life lately or any issues with family members lately physiologically there could be a number of factors like everyone like I said everyone's body is different 
a lot of women actually experience cycles that run like 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32 days and then jump right back to like 27 or 28 days and this can be perfectly normal it's your own body's rhythm cycle really it's everybody like I said everybody's body is individual to themselves so everybody has their own rhythm for their menstrual cycles keep an eye on your periods over the next couple of months and so by the sounds of it you've gone the last four cycles and they've all been shortened now if it's been 35 days for a few months then 32 days for a few months and 30 days for a few months then 27 days for a few months it could be something different and that brings me on to my next point is like I asked already how old are you because women in their late 30s and 40s um, can actually experience early perimenopause symptoms now perimenopause is actually the time before menopause starts and that can last up to 10 years before menopause actually kicks in. <clears throat> Excuse me. So how old are you? Are you late 30s, early 40s? If you are, it's nothing to be too concerned about. But it would be no harm going to your doctor just to get your blood levels checked. And see, is it possible that uh, have you started heading into perimenopause? Over the last 10 years, women have started um, getting going into perimenopause that bit earlier. And it goes down to, because over the last 10, 15 years, women started getting their periods earlier. And getting your periods earlier does have a, a knock-on effect throughout your reproductive years. But then again, there is other issues like genetic factors so what I would say is to talk to the women in your family talk to your your mother if she's still around your aunts if you have any and sisters if you have any sisters if they're older but try to get an understanding of the family history especially for the females in your family on your mother's side because this is where your genetic factors are really going to be at play so if your mother or your aunts or your grandmother even started menopause earlier in life you have to take that into consideration of it being a you could possibly be going into perimenopause but then like I said there's other factors so stress family issues family issues can actually play a huge role in our periods author Caroline Miss she talks in depth about the messages that our periods can give us. She says that most bleeding problems originate from an imbalance in our system. Too much emotion and not enough mental and intellectual energy to balance it. So this is basically, there's too much stress in the body and that can cause us to lose our rational brain and get stuck in our emotional brain. And this is all down to, again, the stress hormones in the body having the knock-on effect and that feedback loop to the hypothalamus and the HPA, the hypothalamus, pituitary and adrenal gland axis. I'll probably be talking about that further on in my next question. But 
family emotions or family issues can cause a severe amount of stress. And Caroline Miss also says that blood equals family, no matter what. And as women, our bleeds, our menstrual cycles directly connect us and link us to the women in our family. So if you ever notice that if there's a problem or an issue or people are fighting in the family, specifically women, and they're not talking or anything like that, you'll see a, a direct link to these women's periods being thrown all over the place. And this is going back to the energetic links. And I've talked about the energetic links in my last podcast, how we all have these ties to each other. It's like the, the red string. Like with our sexual partners, we will have a a, a link with them, a, a cord it's called, for the next seven years. But we have other links with other people, especially the women in our families. Like, as women, our maternal grandmothers carried us in their wombs through our mothers. So when our mothers were in our grandmother's wombs, we were in our mother as eggs. So there is that direct correlation between us all. So we do interact and our bodies do have an emotional connection to each other. So if there is a problem going on in the family situation, ask yourself, is this connected to why are my periods shortening? And I know that goes into a whole different topic of things, talking about energetics and and all that. But I love to bring the physical and the energetics together because as human beings, that's what we are. We are big balls of energy. We are atoms and molecules and everything around us is atoms and molecules. Jill Bolte-Taylor has a phenomenal TED talk on, it's called A Stroke of Insight. She's a neuroscientist and she had a stroke and she got to document exactly what happened to her during this stroke. How she left her rational brain and went into her energetic brain and everything around her just became energy. She could not distinguish her hand from the table or from the phone when she was trying to pick up the phone to dial 911. But that's what we are. We are atoms and molecules. So keeping that in mind when we're going through certain physiological changes, especially around our menstrual cycle, do keep the connection there with female family members and emotional issues and stress. Yes, stress has a physiological effect on us and an emotional effect on us, but it also has an energetic effect on us, which can directly impact our menstrual cycles. So this brings me on to our second question of the podcast. This came in from a woman saying, my period has changed in the last five months from seven days to six days with a one-day break, and then back on for two or three more days after. So again, when speaking about periods, it is all individualized to each woman. 
but because this has been going on for five months, it's a sign of there is something going on. And there can be a number of reasons from the, for this. Now, you've just heard me speak about the energetics and family emotions and stuff. So that is also tied in here. Your period, your period is giving you some sort of message as to what is going on in your external world and what is causing this distress from your external sources into your internal place. Well, like I said, it could be a number of different reasons. One of them could be possibly a flexed uterus. So going from a physiological standpoint here. So a flexed uterus is basically if your uterus is flexed in on itself, so it's not positioned correctly, it can actually stop the flow of your cycle mid-cycle and then it can start back up again. Now, if you're experiencing this over a long period of time, I would recommend going to your doctor and getting it checked out. Possibly flexed uterus, it's folded in on itself or maybe even a displaced cervix, which can happen. You may be able to go to the doctor, the, the GP may be able to fix this. If not, if it's a displaced cervix, sometimes a GP may be able to fix it. Other times you may have to go to a gynecologist. But if you're having, say, lower back pains and pelvic pain a lot of the time, that can be linked to that. Another cause for this could be low levels of progesterone. So low levels of progesterone can have that start, stop, start effect on the body. And this is also caused from stress and external, not just external factors. Obviously, there is an internal imbalance going on, but a lot of the time they're being caused from external factors. So stress, anxiety and depression they can actually change the neurotransmitters in the brain and this has an effect on the hypothalamus which has a direct effect on our menstrual cycles. So when our stress levels are up, it's it's our stress hormones then are being kicked out constantly. But what this is doing then is it, it's feeding into the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. So like your stress hormones are coming from your adrenal glands your sex hormones are coming from your hypothalamus, also your adrenal glands and your pituitary glands. They're all interconnected. They're like telephone wires to each other. They're sending each other messages and signals. So when your stress levels are up for prolonged periods of time or up too high for a short period of time even. Now I'm not talking about like your little kicks of adrenaline to get you going. I'm talking like severe shock and trauma you're going to get a huge surge in cortisol and adrenaline. But it's having a direct link on hypothalamic functioning then. And then your progesterone is automatically starting to reduce. Now, when we talk about estrogen and progesterone, a lot of people, when they hear, oh, you've got high estrogen levels and, and or you have high or low progesterone levels, they automatically think, right, we need to, high estrogen levels, we need to reduce the estrogen. Yeah, you do need to reduce the estrogen, but it, it's not just reducing estrogen. You need to increase progesterone. So for most people, when they have 
really low progesterone levels or estrogen levels are too high. And I've talked before about estrogen dominance and the effects that it has and what causes it. And again, it is all these stressors and emotional and physical stress on the body. So it's a matter of looking at how to balance out those hormones, how to reduce the estrogen and increase progesterone and get that regular flow of estrogen and progesterone because they're always fluctuating, they're always going up and down. But low levels of progesterone can be directly linked to the start-stop, start effect. So reducing out your stress, getting good whole nourishing foods into you, and herbs like Vitex and wild yams are really good for balancing out estrogen and progesterone levels simply because of their steroidal saponins. And then looking at nervine herbs like chamomile or melissa or an adaptogenic herb to help you manage that stress and reduce out the cortisol. Licorice is really good but it will increase your blood pressure so if you have high blood pressure don't take licorice. Um, but your Siberian ginseng and your ashwagandha all making sure that you're not on any medications and that you do speak to a healthcare provider first. I should always say that when I'm talking about herbs. But these herbs do help in balancing out your estrogen and progesterone levels. But again, no harm going to your doctor and getting some test done, blood test done to see if there's anything else going on. Another reason for this, and this is the traditional Chinese medicine part coming out in me um and that's because I have a background in Chinese medicine and I love working with Chinese diagnostics but this really is a key sign of what's known as blood stagnation and liver cheese stagnation so in TCM the liver controls all the flows in the body and this includes your menstrual flow now I'm not talking about your chi here, your lungs control your chi, which is your energy, but the liver controls how it flows through the body. So stagnation of chi and blood basically means that there's a block to the flow of chi or a block to the flow of blood in the body. And periods can tell us an awful lot about chi and health and that's why for anyone who has been to my clinic, how in-depth I go into your periods because it tells me so much about your body and your overall health. But from a Chinese medicine point of view, we're really looking at physical and emotional blockages. When a period starts and stops and starts, it's telling us there is a major block there. And either this is the liver is stagnated or else there's an emotional block somewhere or both. Our emotions have a huge impact on our overall health and you've heard me speak about it throughout this podcast, especially as women, connecting in with our emotions or suppressing emotions. A lot of the time it's suppressive. Suppressing emotions has a worse impact on our bodies than actually feeling them because then we're actually internalizing things and we are holding onto these things and a lot of the time you'll see even with something like this where your period is starting stopping starting it's that holding of energy of not being able to let go 
and it's the same with people who suffer with emotional constipation it's known as holding and you cannot let go of an emotion or you can't feel an emotion to let go of it because you don't want to feel it you just want to block it out you want to put it in the fuck it bucket excuse my French and leave it there you don't want to actually work with it but this is going to cause so many more problems for you and going back to a physiological standpoint then it's acting directly on our stress hormones and our adrenal glands and then that's having the knock-on effect with our HPA axis or hypothalamic pituitary and adrenal gland axis so it really is for overall health and well-being it's looking at both the physical and the emotional side of things now what I will say though is if you're experiencing any other symptoms like a lot of pain or pain during or after sex or heavier bleeds then do still go to your doctor and get that checked out make sure there's no fibroids or cysts or anything like that because sometimes a fibroid can cause a block as well and that will as well have an effect an effect on your liver chi and your blood flow and then that brings me on to my third and final question of this podcast which was the interesting one I wasn't expecting but I kind of yeah I like it simple straight to the point what is love and I'm fighting every urge in my body to start singing baby don't hurt me right now it's stuck in my head ever since but yeah like what a question and like I said I wasn't expecting it but it made me sit down and think now yes I am in a relationship and I'm very much in love and I am part of a very big family who I love everybody in it but it made me sit and ponder what is love and in all areas of life what is love to you for me when I speak about love I speak about it in all my relationships as in there's romantic love friendship love family love and self-love and I think it's important to look at how we view love in all of our relationships because I think it gives us an anchor for when we're in romantic relationships on what it is love really means because when you speak about love in a platonic sense in a parental sisterly friendship way we can see more clearly when it comes to what actually is love and what do we believe it to be what do we expect it to be and what we see it as for ourselves in self-love because it's something that a lot of people don't do is practice self-love and we've all been there I've been there we have this negative chatter constantly in our heads and monologues of oh you're stupid you've done this why did you do this and da 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 would you speak to somebody else like that no you never would but 
we also hear a lot of people saying how love should be unconditional. And that is so true. Love, pure love, has no conditions. Like you cannot love someone more or less, all depending on their actions. Like by saying, if you do this thing for me, I will love you more. Or if you're saying to yourself, now I've been there, I've done this, where I've been like, if I do, if I just do this one thing, they love me. But that's not love. That's people pleasing. That's manipulation. And it's manipulation of yourself, but also of another person because you're trying to make someone feel a certain way about you about you and that's not love. Love is pure. Like love is light. Love is what gets rid of the darkness. I remember when I was a teenager and I used to suffer with the terrible night terrors and speaking to someone a few years later and she had gone through something similar and she said to me that these monsters would be coming at her and instead of screaming and shouting at them she would sit there and she would say I love you I love you I love you and they would get smaller and smaller and smaller and they would go away when we put love pure love into a scary situation it has the power to transform it and it's like what Martin Luther King said and Maya Angelou actually hate does not drive out hate love drives out hate but love is pure and it cannot be given or taken away because of someone's actions. Because then that's not love. It's it, That's conditioned love or conditional love. It's not unconditional. But that's not to say that someone's actions can be excused because of love. So if someone does something or says something to you, you can't be like, okay, that's okay because I love them unconditionally. It doesn't work like that. If someone buys you a present, like you can be grateful and you can be appreciative, it doesn't mean you're going to love them anymore. But if someone says or does some something hurtful, you can be mad and you can be hurt, but it doesn't mean you're going to love them any less. But that's where the self-love comes in. It's putting up boundaries for yourself. When you put up boundaries out of love for yourself, that's going to be transformative because when we know our self-worth and we know our self-value, we won't use the cop-out of letting someone do something because you love them. <laughs> but that's why when I talk about love, why I say use platonic relationships as an anchor because it's easier to see what you will and will not accept from someone that you're not romantically involved in. But love is a beautiful, beautiful thing. In all areas of life. I I love so many people. I love my mother, my father, my sister, my brother, my partner, my nieces, 
my cousins, my aunts, my friends. Love is love. And when we embrace love, we can embrace joy. Not that they're directly linked, but it's a positive emotion. And when you sit and you think of what love means to you, it should bring a warmth to you. Not that it should, but it sometimes does. But love in everyday life is little things. It's asking someone if they've eaten. It's making somebody a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or bringing them a glass of water without asking. It's filling a hot water bottle and leaving it up in the bed as a surprise so the bed is warm. It's not just about big grand gestures. It's little acts of appreciation of another human being. It's being open and honest and showing your true authentic self and having someone else show it back to you and accepting it but also having your boundaries set for your own self-love because I've said it already you can't love another person without loving yourself first so that's this week's episode and I hope I've answered your questions in a way that's acceptable um if you have any further questions from this podcast please feel free to get in touch with me I only love to hear some feedback and get everybody's opinions but for now happy Thursday happy hormones and love is love